and we're back. Happy New Year. 2020, baby. All the movies look amazing. <laughs> this podcast is going to hit its crest. So many viewers, like 6 million. Brian, we almost made it. Oh, we yes. almost did we 19 episodes. We forgot to introduce ourselves. I'm Ryan Toon. Oh, I'm Tyler Ellison. You're listening to Preview Review, the first episode of 2020. But Ryan, we almost did it. We almost released 19 episodes in 2019. This is episode 19, but we only released 17 episodes in 2019. Yeah, because of the lost episode. That's what I was going to say. We'll that's take where a I was moment. going with my story, but that's Remember that's the, the fallen moment of silence. So anyways, this that week was a on short Preview moment. <laughs> Don't have much respect for episode 13, I guess. On this episode of Preview Review, uh, and on every episode, we're reviewing the trailers for some upcoming movies, and we're going to talk about our expectations, which in this case, I would say are pretty universally low. Well, it's January, <laughs> so you know what that means. And if you don't know what that means, we'll get into you it. You know how January is so often referred to as like the big blockbuster season for the film industry? No. Good, because it's not. <laughs> I mean, more recently, movies such as like Deadpool and Black Panther have been like showing up in February and making that like mm. a more fun place to be. Well, yeah, like especially like a lot of these franchise films, like these franchises that are putting out multiple films a year, they're like, oh, we can't put them all out in the summer. So they'll do like mm -hmm. a spring, like early release, a summer release and a winter release. Yeah. So sometimes we get like a decent film every now and then, but, but not in January. And not we usually. get a lot of crud like around it too like exactly. it's just embedded in shit this is the time this place is covered head to toe in shit this is the time you get to catch up on all the oscar buzzworthy movies that are just now releasing that's what january and february are for it's the oscars are coming up and you get to go on demand or like the limited theatrical re-releases or the and see and just the now wide releases yeah at 1917 <laughs> like um for all the awards that are coming up speaking of awards also our last episode was a I have to say one of my favorites. Uh, our it was a lot of fun. The previewees. And uh, our follow-up episode to that where we'll actually announce the winners for our previewee awards will be coming up shortly. I think probably next week or the week after that. So stay tuned. Whenever it's we get it out. dependent on, like we said last time, our ability to create an effective system for yes. voting, which I said we were going to work on, but we also haven't talked about since recording that episode. I've already voted. Well, not officially. <laughs> okay. You've determined how you're going to vote, but you haven't actually voted yet. Okay. So it's like I've like written in that little voter ballot book that they send you, but I haven't gone to the polls yet. Yeah. You haven't Pokemon Go to the polls. Oh my gosh. I haven't Pokemon Go to the polls. Pokemon Gone to the polls? Pokey, Pokey Gone? Po Pokegon. <laughs> Sounds like a Pokemon like, sounds like a Pokemon. It sounds name. like like you would go and you'd buy like a really cheap like brand T shirt that has like <laughs> it's, it looks like it says Pokemon but it says Pokegon on it. It's like <laughs> and it has like a picture of like a poorly drawn Pikachu waving. Cause, yeah, like, it's like sort of Pikachu, but like his eyes are just like slightly off center. But it's okay because like now Pokemon has like three or four different clones that look <laughs> just like Pikachu, but they just keep calling them something else. There's one that's called Mimikyu, and its goal is to mimic Pikachu. <laughs> What is the point of that? Like, to double, like, merch sales? They're like, Mom, I have to have Pikachu and Mimikyu. I know kids that love Mimikyu, and they're like, I want a Pikachu, a Pichu, and a Mimikyu, and a Raichu. All the little electric mouse boys. Wow. It, it works. Too much. That's why Pokemon is, like, number one for, like, franchise and, like, media in the world. Well, they're just so gosh darn cute. How can you resist? I know. They haven't made a Pokemon movie in a while. Ooh. They literally just made Detective Pikachu last summer. Oh, I was talking about, like, you know, the anime ones. Oh. No, it's they're going solely to live action now. Because, like, remember when we were kids, they had, like, Pokemon the movie, and then Pokemon the movie 2000, and it had, like, Entei. And... I wouldn't be surprised if they, ma they made a follow-up to Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu it be Detective two. Pikachu? Or would it be, like... Inspector Squirtle. I have no clue because Detective Pikachu, the movie, is based off of a spin-off Pokemon game called Detective Pikachu, but that game didn't do that well outside of Japan, and they never made a sequel to it. 
So how are they going to make a sequel to the movie if there's no sequel to the source material? They're just going to have to like forge their own path. Other mundane-ish jobs for other Pokemon. A detective's not that mundane. Uh, It's like an interesting thing. I guess. But it just feels very procedural. That's true. So we could have like a procedural neurosurgeon show. Charizard. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. <laughs> but wait, could Charizard talk? Yeah, well, but only one person can understand it. Okay. Isn't that like the whole gimmick? Yeah, that was. But uh, well, so like, like Charizard just has to whisper in every like this one person that can understand Charizard's like ear, and then that person has to be like, Charizard said he didn't make it. <laughs> So wait, does Charizard do the surgery, or is he like telling someone how to do the surgery? Is it like a Remy no, the Mouse situation? No, he does the situation. Like Detective Pikachu, I didn't see the movie, but I'm assuming Detective Pikachu actually helps solve the crime. He doesn't like help the kid solve the crime. Well, they like, work he's together. The detective, but he's a detective, well, right? There's a what bunch of credentials. Terms. Well, I don't want to spoil the movie. Is he here. just posing the whole time? I can't let you know without spoiling the movie. And okay, I guess we're spoiling Detective Pikachu now. The, his credentials are that he's actually the kid's dad who was a detective. Pikachu is the father. Yes. And the, what? At the end of the movie, you find out that Mewtwo put the consciousness of Ryan Reynolds into Ryan Reynolds's Pikachu. And Ryan Reynolds was a detective. And the reason that he's able to talk to the kid is because he's his dad and they have a connection. And does Pikachu, do either of them know this the whole time? Not until the end when they get Ryan Reynolds to come out. And now Pikachu... Why Reynolds is in it live action? Yeah. But Pikachu can't talk anymore and he's not Detective Pikachu anymore. So I don't know how they're going to do a sequel. Unless they go Neurosurgeon Charizard. Oh my god. I'm shook. <laughs> my mouth literally dropped open while I was listening to that. Wow. I really should have seen that movie in theaters. I'm kind of bummed. It's kind of insane. I don't know if I like it or not still. And it's been months. Wait. Where were we? We got way off track. We got into Pokemon territory. We're not a Pokemon podcast. On this episode of Preview Review, (laughs) we're going to be covering the trailers for upcoming releases. Doolittle, The Turning, Rhythm Section, and The Gentleman. Ooh, I've seen all the trailers for that, so I'm ready. Yeah, we just watched them right before we hit record. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But first, Ryan, before we jump into that, we have Ryan's review roundup and holiday movie season. You racked up some views. You put that unnamed because we're not sponsored ticket service that you have to be able to go see movies on a regular basis to good use. Yeah, and you went to the theater. You Pokemon went to the theater. I did. I was Pokemon to the theater, and you put time in those seats. I did. And you saw, let what me did count, I see? Six movies. Oh my god! Since we last recorded this podcast in theaters, does this mean we have to do another one of those speed round Ryan review roundups? It does, especially since we went on like a five minute tangent about Pokemon. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> now I'm deciding that this will be, yeah, we'll do the five word review roundup. Wait, can we do six roundup. since there's six movies? No. Oh, I don't get to keep going up. What about four? Five. Five. Okay. Good compromise. Yes, I compromised so much. Yes, I... I said it was going to be five at first, and I stuck to it. I like it. Okay. What's the first movie I saw, Tyler? The first movie... Well, I don't know the order of these. It doesn't matter. But I'll just review it in five words. Is Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Here we go. Let's... let's. I gotta think of this. Um, not great, but Star Wars. A perfect review. <laughs> the next film that you saw was Jumanji, The Next Level. Pretty much same as last. How about Bombshell? Oh, um, interesting, informative, sad, and good. How about A Hidden Life? Long. Is that the same re- you could use the same review. No, no, this one's different because I'm starting with long because it's long. <laughs> long... Um, con- contemplative, good cinematography, nice. How about Little Women? I really enjoyed this film. And lastly, Cats. Worst film of 2019. That's bad. 2019 is two words. 2019 20 is... and 19. Okay, perfect. Then that's it. Worst <laughs> film of 2019. <laughs> that's all I needed to say. 
I was struggling trying to find a fifth word, so thanks for saving I thought me. you were going to say of the year, but I guess it's 2020. And yeah, new year, new yeah. films. I haven't seen any this year yet. Um, no, I don't think I've seen one this I year. I haven't. But there's only been one that's released a 2020 film, and it's The Grudge, and it looks bad, and yeah. we didn't even preview <laughs> review it, so fuck that thing. Thanks. Well, Ryan, speaking of movies coming out this year... Our opening question this week is, what is your most anticipated movie of 2020? Well, that has been announced so far. Obviously, more movies are going to continue to be released and announced that are coming out this year. There's some movies, I I just scrolled through an article that was like, these movies are coming out this year, that I was kind of like, that's coming out this year? Like, I'm really excited for that, but like, I have not seen anything about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But just based on what you know now, what are you looking forward to? Okay. Can I cheat? And give two. One that has a trailer and one that doesn't. Oh, I was going to talk about a couple, so you can oh, perfect. feel free. Okay, the one that has a trailer that I'm really excited to see is Birds of Prey. This movie looks really interesting and is going to take whatever Warner Brothers is doing with DC and they're going to continue doing whatever they want to do. And it looks really good and I'm into it. Birds of Prey makes me really excited too because they, I think just recently announced that they're sticking with an R rating for mm-hmm, it too. Mm-hmm. I think they were trying to cut it down to PG-13 for a while. And I think probably after the success of Joker, they're, they're like, like sure. we're going to stick to it and just see what we can do, which I'm really excited for. Margot Robbie's performance just in that trailer gets me hyped every time. Yes. And the cast looks insane. And I don't know. Ewan McGregor's in this movie, and I love him. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead's always good. And it looks like it's going to be fun and action-filled comedy, which I enjoy. And then the film that hasn't had a trailer released... But I'm still very excited for, and I hope doesn't turn out to be bad, is Bill and Ted Face the Music. (laughs) I'm a huge Bill and Ted fan. I didn't watch Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey until recently, like a year and a half ago. But now I've seen it like three times because it's so funny. I just really hope they can come back and give us another fun romp with these two characters who are grown up now. But we get to see the best band reunion ever. Wild Stallions 2020. Nice. No thoughts on Bill and Ted? I haven't seen any of them, so... Oh, they're so good! They're a little homophobic, but that's just because they're made in the 80s. And there's like, maybe it's like two lines. What if they're still homophobic? That'll be a problem. But I don't think they will be. I think Keanu's too wholesome now. It's like, you know when you're like... I don't know who the other guy is. Oh, Alex Winters. Yeah, I know who that is. Oh, well he plays uh, Bill S. Preston. Okay. Also, it looks like death is coming back, and that's cool. Did you know in the second film they die and go to hell? I think. (laughs) I think one night we were at Denny's really late, and you explained to me the entire plot of both Bill and Ted One and Two. Bill and Ted One seems like a classic time travel movie, but then Bill and Ted Two is just insane. Don't they have to stop like evil clones of themselves? They do. That came from the future because the future is like a perfect future because. Their rock band, like, made world peace. Wow. But it's 2020, and we're still not living in that perfect future, so maybe that's what Bill and Ted Face the Music is all about. Sad. About how they didn't live up to the prophecy. So in 2020, I'm really looking forward to a couple of movies. Oh yeah, what are you excited for, Tyler? Um, Most recently, a new trailer, teaser, somewhere in between. For Lemon One Miranda's In the Heights drop. Oh, that was a good I'm trailer. I'm so hyped for that. The trailer looks great. The cast looks awesome. I'm a huge Hamilton fan. I haven't seen In the Heights or like listened to the soundtrack or anything, but I think Lemon One Miranda is a great writer, both of like the story of the musical mm-hmm. as well as, I mean, he didn't write Alexander Hamilton's Life, but he adapted that very well for Hamilton. So I think In the Heights, and that's a story that's close to his heart. It's about, you know, the Latinx community in Growing New York. And, so I'm yeah. really excited to see. This is kind of like his passion project, his kind of mm-hmm. first big Broadway. Is he like in project. it at all? He's in it a little bit. It's not not quite a cameo, but like kind of a minor role of like this dude that sells like ice cream, like oh, he's Latino the ice, ice cream, cream man like in the in the oh um neighborhood. Okay, like paletas and stuff. Oh, paletas. Um, mm. or like the shaved ice equivalent. Of paletas? Like of uh, like the Puerto Rican equivalent of shaved ice. I think there's like a name for it. Oh, I didn't know. But 
There's a lot of things I don't know. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, so that'll be fun. I'm really looking forward to that. The trailer was really good. The trailer's really good. I'm so hyped. Um, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Ooh, the new trailer was like, wow, what's happening? The <laughs> Every single trailer that comes out is just like, I feel like literally the trailer is saying, you have no idea what this movie's going to be about, but you're going to love it and you're going to come watch it anyways. Well, like, it's a just, Christopher you know? Nolan film, so if you're not excited for it, like, you're not doing, like, film right. Yeah. Like, the, like, little teaser was like, it's time for a new hero, a new protagonist, or something like that. And you're like, okay, who is he? And then it's just like, Tenet. And you're like, okay, guess I'll see it when I go watch the movie. <laughs> well, the new trailer looks interesting. Like, it looks like it's going back in time and doing some yeah, weird, like, time, time stuff. Aspects. I don't know what's going on, but I'm and, I'm interested. Um, Is it John David Washington? Yes. Is the lead. He's great in Black Klansman, so I'm looking forward to that mm-hmm. role for him. The other thing that I saw that is coming out in 2020, apparently it's slated, haven't seen anything about though, is a new Robert Zemeckis adaptation of Roald Dahl's novel Witches. Oh, The Witches? Which is one of my favorite books growing up. That's been slated for a long for time, and I don't and I know if it it's actually happening. Because I'd really love to see it. Another film that I don't know is actually happening, but I would be excited to see is The New Mutants. Yeah. The trailers have looked good, and I'm interested to see, uh, like horror done through this newton superhero lens but the witches i don't know that need i need more information to actually mm-hmm. believe that it's happening yeah so i saw it on the list i was like that'd be cool if it happens mm-hmm. if not we'll see when it comes out eventually um a couple big franchise stuff that i'm looking forward to this year black widow just i want to see what they do with it because uh-huh. like it's kind of weird that it's spoilers for avengers endgame i guess this is the spoiler Everybody episode. saw this movie though so like well, we already spoiled Whatever. Detective Pikachu and Bill and Ted. It's the first time they're making a Marvel movie after the character just died in the last Marvel movie that came well, out. No, well, no, because the last Marvel most, movie was Spider-Man. Uh, Far From Home. Yeah, but you know what I mean. So, it is what it is. Uh-huh. I, I've, a Black Widow movie should have came out years ago, so it's overdue. I'm excited for Florence Pugh and David Harbour, and we'll see mm-hmm. what it's like. But Marvel's The Eternals, or, oh yeah, Marvel's The Eternals yeah, it's Marvel. comes out this year. As Kumail and Angelina Jolie and, and we know Henry nothing Henry. about it. We know nothing about it, but the cast makes me hyped. You know, a movie uh, talking about characters that just died in the last installment that I'm excited to see is Wonder Woman 1984. Ooh, <laughs> Steve Trevor is back, but he died Why did in Wonder Woman. They spoil it in the trailer. That should have been an in film. Well, no, I, people knew like a long time ago. Like they announced that he was coming back, and they're oh. like him on set photos. So, like, That's years ago, like, people knew that he was back. I think the first photos, like, were people, like, found and, like, leaked photos. Like, oh. So they had to just get in front of it like that. Yeah. Um, but I'm really excited. Kristen Wiig is the villain in this movie. Is she the villain? Yes. She plays the cheetah. Oh, my gosh. The trailer kind of makes her look like she's just, like, a sidekick person. Ooh. Wow. Well... Comic book spoilers coming at you fast and ready. Remember when we all thought Mysterio was not a well, villain? But like you could kind of still tell. I don't know. It's like that kind of thing. I think. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that looks really good, and I'm excited for that aesthetic. And Patty Jenkins is back, and the '80s is always fun. Yeah, and they filmed at that same mall that they used in uh, Stranger Things. Season three. Really? Yeah. Didn't that mall just get destroyed by like all the demogorgons? Yeah, they and... had to rebuild it because oh, okay. they were shooting one of them the next day. So. Okay, okay. Well, any other films on the horizon? I'm sure there's plenty that there's we're no missing. There's no more. That's it. Those are the only films we'll see in the 2020. The Oscars are going to be really like it's full of superheroes <laughs> stuff this year. It's only between <laughs> these like six films. Wow. Ryan, let's jump into the first trailer for the week. Ooh, what is it? It's the turning. Ooh. This Can we not? On January 24th, it's directed by Floria Sigismondi, who has directed the film The Runaways and episodes of TV shows such as The Handmaid's Tale, Daredevil, and American Gods. This film stars Mackenzie Davis, Finn Wolfhard, Brooklyn Prince, and Julie Richardson, and it looks like a mediocre January horror film. Ryan, first thoughts go. Every January, there's a bad horror film that comes out. We all thought it was The Grudge. 
But guess what we're getting to this year, baby? There's Mackenzie Davis. She's a new nanny for Finn Wolfhard and Brooklyn Prince. But there's something ooky spooky going on in this manor. Watch out. Like Adam's family level ooky spooky. One of the biggest scares at the end of the trailer is literally a disembodied hand like running up her shoulder. I'm like, if you put like a fun piano riff behind it, that's just from like a Saturday morning cartoon. I don't know what you Ooh. want from me. Also, the kids act really weird in this movie. Like Finn Wolfhard decides to like stomp a fish because nothing deserves to suffer. And then he plays the drums when he's not supposed to. And that's upsetting, yeah, I guess. Like 80% of the quote unquote scares in this movie are just the kids being like somewhat like disobedient or offbeat. Or, but that's like, like how kids kind of act. Exactly. Like. It's not, like, because of the tone of the trailer, you're supposed to be led to believe, like, oh my god, there's something wrong with these kids. And I'm like, I've literally just seen random, like, elementary schoolers and middle schoolers act this way. Like, oh, you have a new friend, it's me. Maybe. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's not, like, creepy for that girl to say. That's just, like, how little girls act. Or, like, or why don't, don't you go to this wing of the house? Don't I don't wanna. wanna. Like, it's that's a... not, like, foreboding. And then she runs that's away. just random, and you're just like, God damn it, why are these kids being so fucking annoying? But then there's a ghoul in the house who's, like, <laughs> their actual nanny or something, who, like, Brooklyn Prince has no bother. Like, she's not bothered at all by this ghost lady running her fingers through her hair. And that's the big sting at the end of the trailer, like, oh, what? A ghost lady? This movie looks underwhelming, and the trailer does not get me excited, and I probably won't see it, so don't expect a Ryan's Review Roundup, unless I feel like going to the movies, and I've already seen literally every other film. Yeah, this movie screams to me that Finn Wolfhard knew that the Goldfinch last year was going to be bad, and said, fuck it, I'll do anything for a paycheck now. Well, this movie says to me, Finn Wolfhard doesn't know what roles to pick. And will literally say yes to anything that comes across his face. <laughs> because he's yeah. just trying to get himself out there as a starting actor. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll do a horror movie. It has the girl from yeah, Terminator it in it. Yeah, it great, right? What? Finn Wolfhard wasn't it, right? Oh, he wasn't it. I didn't realize you were talking about it, the movie. I thought you were just like, it was great. And I was like, oh. I don't <laughs> understand. Yes, it. He wasn't it. Both it and it chapter two. Cause it he, chapter two was fine. He, he got digitally de-aged for that movie. Yeah. Exciting. He got to be his regular age for the turning, though, so... Oh, yeah. Well, um, I don't really have anything else to say about this movie. This trailer looks fine. This movie looks, like, not good. The trailer is fine for a horror trailer. Honestly, it's a forgettable trailer. That the movie will probably also be forgettable. And no one will care about this movie in two weeks. Which is exactly why we're talking about it on the podcast now. Yep. Because this is the only time anyone will know what the turning is. Okay. Next trailer. So the next movie we're talking about Let's go is Doolittle. Doolittle. This movie gets released on January 17th. It's directed by Stephen Gaghan, who's done films such as Syriana and Gold. And this cast includes Robert Downey Jr., Harry Collette, Antonio Banderas, Michael Sheen, and voice talents of Emma Thompson, Rami Malek, John Cena, Kumail Nanjiani, Octavia Spencer, Tom Holland and others. Others. This movie also does not look good. But it looks better than The Turning, honestly. I guess. But in a much more real sense, it also doesn't to me. I don't know. I just... It seems like your basic run-of-the-mill family adventure movie that, like, is passable. It's just like, I feel like I'm over this wave of films that are like, oh... This would just be like a mediocre direct-to-movie release that like your parents would buy and put on VHS for you when you were little. Except we're gonna like spend a lot more money than we need to on it and cast like a really big name, and it's gonna get marketed on like fucking Amazon boxes for some reason. It's and on Amazon be boxes posted everywhere like it's a big blockbuster, but all the writing and story and everything else will just be like that same like quality quality as like a directed video release it looks like i'm like if you're gonna spend the money on it spend money on like investing in the quality of the story not just like the names and the production the quality of this film looks like the quality of like journey to center of the earth or journey to the (laughs) mysterious island yeah which were both fine or like you know the tooth fairy with the rock any of the rocks kid work literally all of those are the same thing that's what i'm saying but none of those were direct to dvd 
And those all came out in the theaters, too. But so this isn't a new been. thing. I know, that's what I'm saying. Because the things that come out to direct-to-DVD, honestly, are way less quality than this. They're like bad ripoff of uh, Finding Nemo with worse CGI. Okay. Here's the other thing. This trailer is not a good trailer for this movie. The stupid slow version of What a Wonderful World is playing through the whole trailer. It doesn't make it exciting or anything. They try to make... All of a sudden, there's like this big action sequence at the end with this dragon. Oh, we're getting to the dragon? They play it for comedic effect, but I'm like, this whole... Like, isn't this an adventure movie? This whole thing could have been exciting, but it's just kind of made like really... like. Weird because there's like exciting things happening on screen, but the music's all like slow and mellow. Mm-hmm. And also, in a movie that's about a man who can talk to ant, who can talk to animals, there's the animals don't talk so until, like, few times through. where either Robert Downey Jr. or the animals talk. I count there's like four or five lines in the whole trailer said by an animal, and they're all like not long lines. Well, they're, they're like, like just jokes, a couple right? sentences. And then Robert Downey Jr. says like it's maybe two be or okay. three things. And some of those are to people. So you're just like, why am yeah. I watching this when it doesn't even like have to do with the main part of the story? The trailer, and I'm assuming the movie probably too, will like, expects you to know already that Dr. Doolittle is this character from literary fiction that can talk to animals. But the last time Doolittle was on screen, he was Eddie Murphy and it was modern day. And he was not anything going on adventures and going to prison with Antonio Banderas. And there were no dragons. So this is a big departure from the last Doolittle film. Yeah. Even Dr. Doolittle 2 where his daughter had the like powers. He was like a vet or something like that, right? And he, he just happened to be able to like understand animals or something like that? I don't know. I didn't watch it. But in my head, Eddie Murphy is Dr. Doolittle. And he wears a white lab coat. And he goes yeah, into work in a, a sterile office. And then his daughter wants to join the family business in the sequel and also has the ability to talk to animals somehow. But now you're telling me, actually, Dr. Doolittle isn't Eddie Murphy. Like He's Robert Downey Jr. Adventurer and he on, lives well, in the past. With a giant sailboat that, like, do the animals help sail the boat? Like, I don't understand. Like, I yes, need more they do. interaction between Doolittle and the animals to, like, set up this main, like, central tenet of, like, the plot. Also, yeah, the trailer doesn't tell me what the plot is at all. It's like Robert Downey Jr., Dr. Doolittle, hangs out with animals, and then he almost gets eaten by a tiger or something, and Antonio Banderas is in prison with him, and then there's a dragon. The I, know that, I know that we've said that we don't like trailers that give away too much of the plot, but A, there has to be something so that I can understand, like, okay, this is the like ideal like direction of the plot. And B, it's fucking Doolittle, so I don't care. Tell me what the story is <laughs> going to be about, so that I have a reason to like understand why this is on my screen right now. Another weird thing is the beginning of this movie starts out with like from the producers of Alice in Wonderland and Maleficent, and you're like, oh, a new Disney live action remake, and then it says Doolittle, and you're like, oh, did Disney make a Doolittle film? And you find no. out, no, this is a film made by Universal Studios, piggybacking off of lame producer credits. They don't even tell you who the producers are because you don't know their names. You just remember Alice in Wonderland. And you go, oh, this is going to be a fun time like Alice in Wonderland was. I don't think many people look at the first Alice in Wonderland or Maleficent and go, those are really good films. I'm excited to see what these producers have next. So Yeah. Also, okay, let's talk about this for a second. Universal just released Cats' (laughs) worst movie of 2019. They're also Big releasing bomb. The Turning and Doolittle. Is Universal going to be in business after this month? I don't know, but they're also releasing. Um, Thank God we're going to the theme park this weekend because that I feel like those theme park revenue is going to be like the only thing keeping them in business. Well, 1917 is coming out too in wide release, that's and that's Universal. That. So maybe that'll help them. They also have the Fast and Furious, so they can do whatever they want and make billions of dollars. Because oh, Fast and Furious 9 comes out like next just year. Watch after this month, like February 1st, they're going to be like, just announced four Fast and Furious films releasing in 2020. Whoa. March, June, August, September. We got them all, baby. Everyone's getting a spinoff. Tyrese, you get a spinoff. <laughs> we're bringing back uh, Paul Walker and we're CGI Tarkening Ooh, him yes. spinoff. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, Gina Rodriguez, your own spinoff, and The Cars. Who's that girl that was, like, in Lost or whatever? 
That was Gina Rodriguez. That's not Gina oh no, no, Rodriguez. Gina Rodriguez. Oh shoot, Gina Rodriguez is Jane is, the Virgin. Is Gina Rodriguez is Kolka. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, what's her name? Her last name's Rodriguez. I don't think so. No, it is. Okay, you look it up real quick. Look it up. She was in Widows. I know her name on Lost was Ana Lucia. Yes. The actress is Michelle Rodriguez. I knew it was Rodriguez. Okay, Michelle Rodriguez gets her own spinoff. Gina Rodriguez is not in the Fast and Furious movies. We bring her in. It's We're her bringing sister. her in. It's a like sister Perfect. action comedy. We movie. saved my ignorance. Um, and the Cars get their own spinoff. It's actually a crossover with Disney's Cars. Perfect. And they somehow get sentience, and it makes perfect sense. And Universal will make tons of money. And then also Fast and Furious Nine is coming out. Yeah. On top sure. of that, and Charlize Theron comes back with cornrows still. Wonderful. I love it. You love to see it. But, yeah, I'm just, I don't know. Doolittle, to me, it's like they're throwing a bunch of money. Like, let's get Robert Downey Jr. on there. Let's... Robert Downey Jr., his first film since being Iron Man. I can't believe it. It's a travesty. But He's also... only done one other film since he took the moniker of Iron Man. Yeah. Like, well, like... This is his first film since Endgame. And since the first Iron Man, he's only done one other movie. Well, he did Sherlock and Sherlock. Oh Holmes. yeah, yeah. He did the Sherlock movies, and then he also did the Judge, which yeah. was all right, but it's a weird choice still. And then now Doolittle. I don't think Robert Downey Jr. knows what to do without Tony Stark. But the voice cast too is just like they're just like let's get everybody in on this. John Cena, I didn't see him. In the trailer. Yeah. Because he's a voice cast, right? I couldn't even hear him. (laughs) Um, The voice cast is just insane. And they're just playing animals. And, like, maybe, like, I think the most words that one of them gets is, like, five or six in the whole trailer. Like, it's I can't die. I'm too beautiful. Or something like that. I'm too beautiful. Like, let's see. I'm too beautiful to die. No one told me there would be a dragon. That's the one. That's eight. Let's go on an adventure. That's five. The grill looks sad. That's but zero. But we don't know. The grill but doesn't say anything. Robert Downey Jr. talks to the gorilla. Robert Downey talks to the gorilla, but we have no way to know that the gorilla knows what he's saying. It's true. Like the gorilla just continues to look scared. It doesn't like respond and like come up and like respond to Doolittle. So I'm like, I really maybe it's just a guy that likes all these animals. Like this movie, the trailer does not set up that the animals can understand Doolittle or that Doolittle can understand the animals. It's literally the animals are just talking like to one another or to the screen like not to anybody in particular or Doolittle's talking to the animals but the animals aren't really responding to him like there's no setup that that exchange works it could just be about a man who travels with animals the animals talk to the audience but the man has no fucking idea what they're saying so all the animals break the fourth wall they're all deadpooling and they're like get a load of this guy he used (laughs) to be iron man what's he doing now and then no one told me there'd be a dragon. That's a perfect fourth wall break. They're like, I didn't sign this in my contract, says the squirrel. Like, <laughs> But the voice cast is so wild that I think that this sets up the perfect game for us to play. All I'm going to do is read the description of these animals that are on the Wikipedia page for the cast of so wait, Doolittle. So is this like the characteristics that that animal takes on? Or are you just going to be like, this animal has a tail and four legs? No, no, no. I'm reading the description like... Here's an example of one that I won't include. A terrifying fire-breathing dragon. Oh, okay. And you'll have to tell me which of the members of the cast voices that character. Okay. Who's the dragon? That's Francis de la Tour. I have no idea who that is. I don't either. All right. But that's how we're going to play. Okay, have I have a list, a list of the cast. It's just of names. The voice cast. I don't have a list of like animals in front of me or anything like that. No, and I have the list of... Who plays which animals and their descriptions according to Wikipedia. Okay. Ryan, are you ready to play? There are... How many of these are there? One, two, a lot. Three, four, five, Just six, choose seven, eight, a... nine, ten. We can do all ten. We're doing all ten? Okay, let's go. All right, twenty. Here we go. The first animal is Polynesia, a wise and headstrong blue and yellow macaw who's Doolittle's most trusted advisor. Okay, who's a good advisor voice? Octavia Spencer. That is incorrect. It's actually Emma Thompson. That was my second guess. Who voices the role of Chi-Chi, an anxious but noble lowland gorilla? The gorilla is... As we mentioned, we saw the gorilla scared on the boat, but he never speaks. The gorilla is John Cena. The gorilla is not John Cena. No. Who is I he? just realized that I think I have to reveal the correct answers at the end. Yes. Because otherwise you can use the press of elimination. I almost asked for a pin, but then I was like, maybe I can remember. We'll keep okay. going. Okay, okay. But you have first two wrong no 
Who stars as Yoshi, an upbeat polar Yoshi. bear who wears a bashleek and bickers with Plimpton. What? Okay, um, Tom Holland is the polar bear. No. No. Who is stars it... as Plimpton? Okay, if if you're gonna say that a main character point of the polar bear is that he bickers with Plimpton, you should have put Plimpton fucking ahead of the polar bear. So okay. I knew who the fuck you were talking about? I was like, about. is Plimpton just? A vocabulary word I don't know. Like, maybe he bickers with, like, great vigor. And that's just another way no, to say Plimpton. Somebody starts Plimpton. Okay. A cynical and fussy but well-meaning ostrich who wears stockings and quarrels with Yoshi. So, oh, Plimpton quarrels, Plimpton. but Yoshi bickers. Okay, so Plimpton is played by Kumail Nanjiani. That's correct. You know that one. I knew that one. Yeah. Which one is Plimpton? He just bickers with the other one, but what, the what animal ostrich. is it? Okay, okay. Yeah, no one told me there'd be a dragon. That's clearly okay, okay. Kumail's voice. Yes, it is. But like, I just figured, like, based on that description of that character, that feels like a very Kumail character. Who stars as Dab Dab? Dab Dab. An enthusiastic and crazy domestic duck with a metal leg? What the fuck? They could have revealed to us that this duck has a fucking metal leg in okay, the trailer, wait. and they chose not to? The metal leg duck? And her name is Dab Dab? Um, Selena Gomez? Nope, incorrect. Oh no! Who this stars is tough. as Jip, a loyal dog who wears Jip, glasses? That's not PC anymore. We can't say that word. It's JIP. Okay, okay. A uh, loyal dog who wears glasses. Marion Coltard. Marion Cotillard does not star as Jip. Sorry, mm, that's the girl from Inception, right? Uh, I think so. I don't know. Okay. She's French. Who stars as Craig Robinson? Oh. Craig Robinson does. He's the squirrel. He's the squirrel. You I knew that right. one. <laughs> Who stars as Barry, a ferocious Bengal tiger with gold tip fangs? Rami Malik. No. Oh, I thought he was going off of like Bond. He's a villain. <laughs> Who stars as Betsy, a friendly giraffe? Octavia Spencer. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who stars as Tutu, a red fox who is friends with Betsy? Octavia Spencer. No. no. Okay, you literally only got one. Kumail oh, right. and Craig and Robinson because I fucked up. But I told you it was the squirrel. I oh, would have gotten got... it. Wait, did you get the first one? No, but I told you the first yeah. one. Right? First one's Emma Thompson, the the macaw. Okay. Chichi the gorilla says Rami Malek. Oh, okay. Yoshi, who bickers with Plumpton, <laughs> the polar bear, is John Cena. Okay. Dab dab the duck with the metal leg is Octavia Spencer. <laughs> The loyal dog who wears glasses, Jip, is Tom Holland. That was a good one. Barry the Ferocious Tiger is Rafe Fiennes. Oh, Rafe. Okay. Um, is it Fiennes? It's Fiennes, yeah. Okay. Betsy the Friendly Giraffe is Selena Gomez. And Tutu the Fox is Maren Cotillard. Wow. You did terribly, but also anybody would. So it's fine. Whatever. Next trailer. <laughs> <laughs> next trailer we're discussing today is The Rhythm Section. This movie is released on January 31st. Barely a January movie. And is directed by Reed Morano, who has previously done films such as Meadowland and I think We're Alone Now, as well as episodes of Halt and Catch Fire and The Handmaid's Tale. This movie stars Blake Lively, Jude Law, and Sterling K. Brown. And the basic plot of the movie that I got from this trailer is Blake, Blake Lively. Lively is a woman whose family dies in an airplane accident. All of a sudden, Jude Law's like, hey, you know, that was an accident. There was a bomb on the plane. <gasps> and she's like, it was intentional. I have to track down whoever did this and exact my revenge. So, yes. And I think she's a spy because she's wearing a lot of or disguises. Or she's like learning. She's like taking that like Maybe that's why her on. family got murdered because she crossed the wrong person in her spy life. Oh, maybe. I feel like she's trying to seduce Sterling K. Brown, which makes me think maybe he's the one who planted the bomb. Hmm, maybe. And Jude Law's her mentor, but then at Honestly, the end, it's a big twist. I don't twist. really know what's going on with the plot of the movie, but I really like all the visuals. And the vibe. And the vibe, and the the, the, the version song. of Nirvana. Well, it's not just Nirvana, but they did a version of it. Where Did You Sleep Last Night? It's on their MTV Unplugged album. That's really great. And it's just so good. Like, all, yeah. the, all the, like... All the pieces Tonal fit and, well like, together. Vibes of the trailer fit really well. So even though I'm like not really clear, like this is where I'm like, okay, I understand enough of the plot that I like am excited to see this movie of like a woman on a quest for revenge and like the overall tone of the movie looks like one that's intriguing and, and exciting to me. Yes. So I will probably go see this movie. Yeah, it looks like a January movie that has some merit. 
I also know want to know why it's called the rhythm section. Is she like it, an I, I don't know at teacher all. or something? I don't know. Are they gonna tell us? Is it just gonna be the big mystery box that we mm. never get to open? Maybe. Who knows? But it looks like a lot of fun, like good action sequences. Um, I don't really know this director, Reed Murano. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything. Like, I don't think I've seen anything she's done before. Probably the Handmaid's Tale episode, but, but like, I but don't know. But we did say that, when we researched, you did say that she's primarily been a cinematographer before. Yes, so, so I think she that probably knows, like, how, where to put the camera. A lot to the And how to light film. things. Because that is huge. I think directors that have had experience as, like, being a cinematography person mm-hmm. or a director of photography, like, definitely have an advantage because they... Well, are, they bring a different perspective. Yeah. It's kind of like how... Who's the guy that, um... To do Terminator movie. Oh, Tim Miller. Like was he a stunt was dude. a stunt dude, so like he knows how to like direct big like action sequences because like mm-hmm. he has that other type of like vision to be able to be like this is what's gonna look good on screen when we do this type of action sequence. I feel like that's a similar thing. Yeah. Here. So I'm interested. I don't really know much about this movie because the trailer is very good at not telling you much, but it seems like the kind of movie where there's gonna be a lot of twists and turns, and I think at some point just because. It's happened to Jude Law so many times. He's going to be the mentor that turns out to be evil in the mm. end. Because that's who he has to play. Also, already the trailer, Blake Lively's performance looks amazing. Like, maybe she's, not Oscar-worthy, but definitely, like, very powerful. Well, she's trying. She has to do a lot of action things, but also a lot of, like, very big, like, emotional breakdowns mm-hmm. and things like and that. And she gets to wear a lot of different wigs. So, I think this is really going to be, like, kind of pushing some of the boundaries for Blake Lively. She also like, gets to put on an accent. She did a little bit of, like, dramatic action-ish in A Simple Favor. That was That good. was more like I liked that. social thriller tension and not like outright like cars exploding. Has she done that before? Has she done an action movie before? I can't place one in my head. But I feel like it makes sense. I feel like it's exciting to see It's a good fit kind of if she's never done it before. Like, I like the mixture of drama and thriller. Not like this, like, you know, sometimes the like female-driven action movies, they make it like She's a cold-blooded killer, so that way the, they don't like have to write any emotion for the woman. Because like, oh, like men salt. who write action films don't know how to do that. Salt was bad. Did <laughs> you, you know see I mean? that movie? So they're like, oh, you're just going to be this one-note character, and you're going to do a lot of badass stuff, but we're not going to have to like delve into your psyche or anything. And I'm excited that this is going to like do both of those things and hopefully as well. That's what it looks like they're promising. The rhythm section. Well, I'm excited because it's directed by a woman, and the screenwriter is a man, but. It's also based on a book. And that the, he wrote. The guy who wrote the book is doing the screenplay. So I'm excited for that, too. Unless the book is also bad. Well, I don't know if it's bad or not, but it does make me hopeful. Is the book called The Rhythm Section? Yeah. So that's why the movie's called The Rhythm We figured it out. That's why. <laughs> we figured it out. <laughs> why is it called The Rhythm Section? Because the book's called The... <laughs> why is the book called The Rhythm Section? Because that's, that's what he wrote. That's what he wrote as the title. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm excited. Like I think that that brings a lot, like... Just like any other movie, like, you know, Suzanne Collins, who wrote The Hunger Games, helped to write the screenplay for that. And that's a very, like, mm. loyal adaptation of the book onto screen. But then when J.K. Rowling starts writing Harry Potter movies. Oof. <laughs> but she doesn't have a book to work off of. That's true. So I'm, I'm like, okay with it. <laughs> I'm not okay with it because the movies aren't good. And I but, want... But they're, I... Not, they're not destroying a book that I love. I'm like, okay, this this like spin-off franchise is whack and I can just write it off as that. Okay, okay. You know what I mean? I like that, yeah. Um, but yeah, this Crimes is of Grindelwald is crazy. Oh my Jude Law's in that movie too. Dude. Wild. Um, yeah, I'm stuck for rhythm <laughs> section. Okay, cool. Um, what's the last trailer before we go off on a Crimes of Grindelwald tangent? Yeah, we're not. Subscribe to our Patreon for our Crimes of Grindelwald all the rant. Ooh, the Crimes of Grindelwald episode exclusively at www.patreon.com slash the preview review exclusive episodes 1296. Why 1296? I don't know, because I feel like there's always numbers. Okay. <laughs> there's already 1,295 other preview review exclusive episodes. Yeah, exactly. Don't look, just believe us. <laughs> Alright, the last trailer we're talking about this week is The Gentleman. This comes out on January 24th and is directed by Guy Ritchie, who you know from doing films such as Sherlock Holmes, most recently the Aladdin live-action remake, and The Man from Uncle. I like that. This stars Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Henry Golding, Jeremy Strong, Colin Farrell, and the best part in the trailer, Hugh Grant. Really? You think Hugh Grant's? I think he's so funny. This like every time this trailer comes on, it's just fucking Hugh Grant going, "Play a game with me, Raymond." I'm like, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this movie looks like it's about the story of two feuding crime syndicates. Matthew Ooh, McConaughey's weed empire and Henry Golding's... Opium empire? He's got guns? I don't know. Another drug bad guy. And they want to fight. And Charlie Hunnam works for Matthew McConaughey and all these people are fighting against each other and then Hugh Grant's there just kind of dicking around. I don't know what he's doing but he seems like he's having a good Tom time. Tom Carroll has a dude in the trunk for some reason. I and don't know what's they, happening. Every time I see this movie in the trailer, this joke gets a good laugh. The Fahuck joke. Because the character's name is Fahuck. Like P-H-U-C-K. Mm-hmm. And he says, shut the Fahuck up. And at least four people chuckle at that joke. Yeah. I think... I've become numb to it because I've seen the trailer too many times. It's not that good of a joke, but it's exactly the kind of joke you expect in a Guy Ritchie movie. Yes. But what, like Guy Ritchie, he's all right. What I'm excited for is like he does this really awesome thing that like just kind of works where he like takes violence, which in this movie looks like it's going to be like pretty bloody and like pretty in your face and just kind of puts this weird like nice British aesthetic over it. And, then, and it's like, like really funny. He usually gives a little comic twist to it. Yes. And he does weird stuff with like slow motion that like only happens in Guy Ritchie movies that he really likes to do. And I'm like, okay, go off Guy Ritchie. It doesn't really work when Aladdin's doing parkour, but it works when Sherlock Holmes is in a fight. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I think this movie looks great. It kind of reminds me, it's like similar to the Kingsman, I think. Like that same thing. It does. It's like, let's put like a classy British overlay on top of like violent crimes especially like the second kingsman where it's about like a drug empire mm-hmm. like that one most it doesn't look as funny as the kingsman movies no, but that's because the kingsman movies are like going for comedy this one's yeah. like going for action with like kingsman sprinkled is comedy more like almost like a satire or a parody, or a parody of like of bond, bond films. type films uh-huh. and this movie's more like hey like what if we just did like a slightly humorous version of like a mob movie almost. gangs of new york kind of gangs of london <laughs> Well, the cast is also really impressive. I don't know if you have seen the one scene in Succession where Jeremy Strong raps a birthday song to his father, but that sells me alone on the fact that he can play a London douchebag selling weed. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, I'll show you after and you're gonna, your jaw is just going to drop. Oh my god, speaking of which, did you see that weird video of Tom Hanks' son speaking patois at the Golden Globes red carpet? No. What happened? Wait, Tom Hanks wait, has Colin a son, Hanks? not Colin. His okay. name is Chet. He, is he has a like rapper. five songs. And Chet, the rapper. Chet himself posted a video on his Instagram coming live from the Golden Globes red carpet and he's speaking like patois. He's like, hey, it's your boy Chet, man. We're here from the Golden Globe right carpet, man. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, my god. oh my fucking God. It's fucking insane. Wow. Okay, so now we have two things to watch after like, we finish Chet recording. Like, could play that character in this movie, and I feel like wow. it would be a place. But it would definitely be like, wow, that guy's a douchebag. But now it's just him in real life, so now everyone's like, wow, he's a douchebag in real life. Well, I mean, when you have five kids, One it's hard to make them all douchebag. good, you know? Colin Hanks is definitely He's America's sweetheart. It's because he looks the most like him. He's like, I see myself in you, and it's because he looks like he did 30 years ago. <laughs> It's true. Who else is in this cast? Um, Colin Farrell, Hugh Grant. Charlie Hunnam. Didn't you watch the show Charlie he was Hunnam. in? Charlie Hunnam. Sense of Anarchy is a great show. I've never seen it, but I didn't watch King Arthur, so I don't know how he is as an actor. Wasn't he in Pacific Rim as well? Oh, he is in Pacific Rim, but that movie isn't as much about the actors, really. He's a good actor. Um, he can do action sequences well. From the trailer, it looks like he's pretty good at doing a little one-liner. Mm-hmm comedy bits so i think he'll fit right in henry golding is in this movie too and he just seems to be doing whatever the fuck he wants i can't keep track of this dude but i'm kind of digging crazy rich asians last christmas right now the gentleman sure go off henry golding and of course matthew mcconaughey you first see him and he's surrounded by weed that's just how he is and he's playing into it we all know we all saw the beach bum don't lie you saw it too listener Viewer, no listener. I said it right this time, but I yes. I self corrected the wrong way. Yeah. Wow, I'm so used to self correcting that when I get it right, it's because you always want to say viewer because it's like a running joke. But now I I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. 2020, our podcast is going to be number one on all the charts. Wow. 
Um, anything else about the gentleman Tyler? Um, I'm excited for it. I am curious just to see, like, I don't know, the overall plot, I guess? Like, I feel like Guy Ritchie movies, there's not always, like, the plot's not always really the most matter. important part. Yeah, that's, that's like, what I'm curious about. Because like, he's more style over substance. I could go see this movie, and there could be, like, a fun, like, style to it, and I'd be like, okay, that was fun to see. But if I go in and there's also, like, a good story to it, this movie would be, like, a lot better. Like, you know I really I mean? like The Man from Uncle, but I don't know the plot to that movie. No. But I think it's a good movie, and I think it's done well, and I think the actors do a good job, and I think the action sequences are good, and I have a fun time watching it. And I like the, Sher- the Sherlock Holmes movies, but I don't really know the plot of them. So I think that's just kind of a staple of Guy Ritchie. I only know the yeah. plot of Aladdin because I, it's a like lifeless yeah, remake that's true i don't know i just think like it's nice it'd be nice to have like something where you're like well wouldn't oh, it be nice looks- if all the movies <laughs> had all the things tyler you can't get it all okay you gotta, you gotta pick something this isn't Doolittle. i guess at least it's if not that, the turning movie has hardly anything Doolittle's <laughs> nothing Doolittle's like we're gonna make a movie about a man that talks to animals okay Cool, in the trailer we show him talking to animals. No! no! There's a dragon, though. Well, do we see the animals talk to him? No! <laughs> he only talks to the animals. They cannot respond. And the animals can talk, but only to themselves, each other, or directly to the audience. That's it! Not to the one man who, in the in the central core idea and notion of the film, can listen and understand them. Never to that person. Yes. Well, Tyler, we've hinted at it a little bit, but January movies seem to be full they of They suck! Crap. But then the last two movies we talked about, we were positive about. And they both come out in January, too. Barely. Well, but, but, but wait, that means this phenomenon must be explored and explained, Tyler. Well, it's not a rule, okay? It's more of an overall pattern. But as with any pattern, there's always outliers, and there's always films that come out towards the beginning of the year that end up being really good, like Black Panther, which was a February release. Well, that release. was February. That's different. Do we have to talk exclusively about January? Yes. Okay, fine. I'll even do one that looked bad and ended up being good. Escape Room that last year. That was the year. first movie of 2019. We saw that one early. The trailers were like, it was would be good. fine. A Lifeless Saw remake. Honestly, I looked at it, I watched it, and I thought it was better than a lot of the more recent Saw movies. I had a really fun time with it, and I'm excited because that movie spawning a franchise the second movie comes out in november this year Ooh. it's not like my most excited of the year or anything we didn't i already even told you what that, that was in the beginning but i will go see the second one i i was pleasantly surprised what's an early movie that you've been pleasantly surprised by um let's see i'm looking nothing in 2018 we're gonna have to go back farther let's 2018 started us off with insidious the last key that looked bad um what was an early film in 2017 um, I was going to talk about Escape Room because I really liked that film too. Uh, I, I honestly thought about buying it on Blu-ray the other day, but then I didn't because I thought, meh. Um, another film that... Oh, Split came out in January of 2017. Oh, so good. Split is Glass such a good movie. Glass also came out in January, but Glass is not as good as Split. Did Glass come out in January? Yeah. It was an early release this past year. And... Um, the Big Sick was in limited release in January. Oh, so good. That's like one of my favorite films of 2017. Yeah. But then also you get things like A Dog's Purpose coming out in January of 2017. A Dog's Purpose? Purpose. Um, I don't know what that one's about, but if it's like any of the other ones I've seen, it's insane and kind of garbage. <laughs> um, you also get things that people have never heard of. Like, I Am Michael, starring James Franco and Zachary Quinto. Anyone heard of this movie? <laughs> no. It's gone. It's out of the mind. Out of the zeitgeist. It takes a very special movie to come out in January to do well and to be remembered. And honestly, the biggest one that you brought up is The Big Sick, I think. Because that even scored a Best Original Screenplay nomination that movie is so good. at the Oscars the following year. I love that That takes movie. a lot to have like a movie that sticks around in people's minds. Comes out in January, does well. I think it did pretty well financially. I don't know exactly, but it definitely got 
widespread critical acclaim and received that Oscar nom the next year. It didn't win or anything because it's a January release. Come on. Well, but it's still fun mm-hmm. to be pleasantly surprised by a movie that comes out early in the year because movies aren't just a summer or holiday thing for me. I like to go see movies all year round. Exactly. And it's nice to have something quality that comes out fresh in theaters. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to just sit at home and catch up on all the like Oscar other content that I watched that I didn't see in theaters. Mm-hmm. Another January movie from the year before, 2016, um, directed by one of our favorite directors that he's nominated for a previewee, uh, Robert Eggers' The Witch came out in January Ooh, of 2016. that's a good one. It's a very good film. I didn't see it in theaters. Better than The Lighthouse, I think. I agree. But The Lighthouse is good for different reasons. Yes. That's also an amazing movie that came out in January. But then... I think what January movies show, like, sometimes... The studios are being wise about it, and sometimes they're not being wise about it. It just shows a lack of studio faith. And sometimes yes. the studios will just be like, we'll put that out in January. If it does well, it does well. If it doesn't, it's not a big deal. Um, and that shows when the bad movies come out, but then we can also be like pretty stoked when something fresh and new comes out and we like it's it. It's true. Do you remember the film Monster Trucks? It came out in January. Yes, somehow. Somehow. I remember reading reports that it had already lost money before it was released. Oh my god. So they just had to release it. Like, they know they weren't going to get their money back. So they like... But there were billboards! They put money into this thing. But then they put it out for like two weeks. It lost a whole bunch of money and it was gone. What was yeah. Monster Trucks? <laughs> I don't know. January, you're a weird cesspool that sometimes has a hidden gem. And... I hate that I sometimes find myself enjoying your hidden gems because I feel like you should just be the place for movies to die. But sometimes, as we all know, you gotta put a little fertilizer to make something good grow. That's true. I'm just looking forward to the rest of 2020, the coming months. Some new yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of 2020, not January. What I'm looking forward to is when I went on the Wikipedia to look up at the upcoming films of 2020, at the top it has a box for like the highest grossing... It's movies. number one, The Grudge. It's number, <laughs> Grudge is number two right now. Oh, because of that number Chinese one film. Chinese movie, but I'm like, God, mm. I, I, we gotta get The Grudge out of this top ten list. It's gonna be a How while. How long is it gonna take, do you think? Uh, it'll be out of there by Jan- by uh, February. Yeah. Yeah, like a boss is gonna destroy it. <laughs> well, this has been a great episode of Preview Review. Before we go, Ryan, let's answer the question we do every time. Ooh, the weekly questions. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Where can we find us on Instagram? <laughs> no, what was your favorite uh, trailer of the week and what movie that we talked about this week are you most excited to see? I think my favorite trailer of the week was the rhythm section. The vibe and the total, like, it just gets me interested and I want to learn more about it. But the movie I'm most excited to see is The Gentleman because I kind of know what I'm getting into with a Guy Ritchie film and I feel like I enjoy the film's and I kind of know what I'm going into, and it feels like it could be fun. Yeah, I think both my votes I'm throwing behind the rhythm section this week. Like I said, it's more of an overall vibe and tone mm-hmm. in the trailer, and I just, it just really pulls me in. I'm excited. Like, the music is great, and I'm excited for Blake Lively's performance. And that's what I'm most excited to see, because I also feel like, because the trailer is so cool to me, I'm like, I need to know the plot. I need to, like, flush mm-hmm. this out and understand the whole story that's behind this. So... That gets both my votes, so congratulations, Reed Morano. Wow, Reed Morano, you did it. You beat out Guy Ritchie. First time previewee, not previewee winner, but like nope. preview review award, episode award. Episode award. These this. things don't have titles. You won 2020's you first one. Yeah, and your first one, because we haven't seen a movie directed by you before. Yeah. Ever. Look at that. And look Good at job. us giving awards to female directors. The Ooh, Golden the Globes, Globes couldn't never. even nominate female directors. Shame. Oof. <laughs> and the BAFTAs today. Yes. Ooh, I haven't seen them yet. Not not That's good. A lot. Okay. I just saw like Star Wars Twitter like liked something from them because they were nominated for special effects. Oh my something. god. So I know Star Wars is nominated for special effects, and that's about it. Yeah, it's about that's the thing that I nominated Star Wars for. Okay, thanks for listening. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Oh, wait. We have to tell them where to find us on Instagram and Twitter. They heard it already. All right. At Preview Review. Go follow and like us now. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>